He's my brother from another mother. Come on, everyone say brother from another mother. That's a pastor, Eduardo. So uh, I want to honor him. I want to, uh, we have, a, I have a gift for him and a card for him to do something. So just receive this man. No, I love you. And thank you so much for just honoring me all the, every time I come. You know, I love coming here because, you know, hospitality and just honor. How do you know honor is important? How many know honor is important? Amen. The Bible says to honor your mother and father that your what days may be long. You know, when you honor people, uh, what you're doing, you are bestowing grace upon them. You're giving them not only respect, it's different than respect. Uh, you honor people because you're honorable, not because they deserve honor. You honor people because you're honorable. You respect people because you're respectable. You love people because you are lovable. So anyways, thank God for Philadelphia Church. Come on, can we give it up for this church and Pastor Eduardo? Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, after tonight, your life will never be the same again. Amen. Come on, let's just lift our hands. I want to say a quick prayer. Come on, all over the building, just lift both your hands up. Come on, and close your eyes. And I just want to pray a short prayer. Father, we thank you for the presence of God. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And God, we commit these next 30 minutes into your hands. And we thank you, Lord, that you are speaking now. You are declaring new things, Lord. You are saying things to your people, Father. And we ask for open hearts open ears. Father, we arrest this atmosphere and we declare the glory of God to invade this place. Lord, we ask for the movement of the spirit. We ask, oh God, for healing, deliverances, breakthroughs. Father, revelations, Lord. We thank you for hearts being marked tonight for the glory of God. And we say, Lord, in Jesus' name, you be lifted up. You be glorified. You receive all the honor. You receive all the glory. And God, may you do something that we have never experienced before. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you right now. If you believe that, give your, clap your hands for Christ. Come on. <laughs> hallelujah. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Come on, y'all got to give me some energy. Some of y'all are just like, hallelujah. Come on, this is not the Catholic church. Come on, this is the spirit-filled church. Jesus is alive. Come on, can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. Come on. If you say amen, I'll finish faster. Amen. Praise God. That's what I'm talking about. Preach. Hurry up. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 3 really quick. Come on. And I want to speak a special message tonight. Uh, something the Lord has put upon my heart. And I want to prophesy through my message tonight. And I truly believe with all my heart that we are living in the times where Jesus is soon to return. Uh-oh. I know you guys heard that. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. But I believe Jesus is going to return in our generation. We are that close. Some of you may have no idea what I'm saying. But there are events happening around the world that is showcasing that we are knocking at the door of the final return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
So I'm going to let the Bible talk tonight and allow you to see what I'm talking about uh, as we are learning uh, to be closer to the Lord. How many know knowledge is important? Everyone say knowledge is important. How can you truly love someone that you don't know? How do you grow more in love with Jesus? It's receiving more knowledge, reading your word and getting to know him. Come on. How many of you have boyfriends or girlfriends? Raise your hand. Come on. Why are short? Why Ain't nobody got no boyfriend or girlfriend. My gosh. Okay. Praise the Lord. So when you are getting to know someone, the more you know about them, the more you like them. The less you know about them, the more suspect you are to commit to them and trust them, right? That's just logic sense. So you want to grow in passion. You want to grow in love. You want to grow in intimacy to where when the worship is going on, you feel something happening in your heart. You get to know God through the written revelation, which is the Bible. Everyone say, I love my Bible. Come on, fall in love with your Bible. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go to Matthew 3. And I'm going to read two, uh, two different passages of Scripture. And then we're going to walk through uh, Luke 17. Uh, verse 1, Matthew 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness saying what? Come on, read with me. What did he say? <laughs> Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in, come on, talk to me, clothed in with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was, and Come on, what would you do if one of your classmates came into school with just camel hair? Just, hey, y'all, eating locusts and wild honey for lunch. And you was like, what is wrong with him, right? This is John the Baptist. Verse 5, then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were what? Baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. All right. To give a setup, this is talking about John the Baptist. Everyone say John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was a very important person in the Bible. Why? Because the Bible says that he was the last prophet after Malachi, the Old Testament. You know, you have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Malachi, 400 years later, comes John the Baptist. And the Bible says John the Baptist was a prophet. But not only was he a prophet, they called him John the Baptist because he would baptize people after they would repent of their sins. Everyone say, you must repent. You must repent. What does repent mean? Talk to me, yes. To what? To change what? To change your mind. Everyone say, to change your mind. So it's literally like this. It's doing a 180, not a 360, but a 180, meaning change the way you think. 
So John was saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Otherwise, he was saying, change the way you think because the kingdom is closer than you think. Prepare the way of the Lord. John the Baptist was a forerunner. Everyone say forerunner. Come on, say forerunner. What is a forerunner? It is someone who proceeds or comes before someone that is to come after them. So what was John doing? He was preparing the way for Jesus, the Messiah, to return and to come to basically initiate the start of the kingdom of God on the earth. So Jesus came the first time. Everyone say Jesus came the first time. Now we're in the middle where we're waiting for Jesus to return what? The second time. That's why they say the second coming of Christ. Because Jesus is going to return again. So John the Baptist, he set it up. He was a forerunner, but is John the Baptist here? No, he's dead. What has happened now? You are forerunners now. You are modern day John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus to return. Beloved, can I tell you, God wants to mark your heart to be a forerunner for the kingdom of God. Some of you are like, what is a forerunner? Is that a Toyota truck? Is that what's, what's a forerunner? Basically, you are preparing people through your prayers through your services, through what you were doing, compelling people to come, inviting them to embrace a lifestyle of love for Jesus because when Christ returns, there will be no time to receive salvation. When Christ returns, there will be no time to say, oh man, I got to ask the Lord to forgive me because he's going to come like lightning in the sky. And when he comes, there will be no time for anything. Everyone say, I'm a forerunner. Come on, say, I'm a forerunner. Go to Luke 17, and let's walk through this passage to help you understand how serious this is. And I want to pray for everyone tonight that God will mark them with this message. Let's go to Luke 17. And let's start with verse 20. And who wants to be my, I need a good reader. Who's a good reader? Who can read very well, nice and clear? Can I have someone? All right, you on the front row, I'm gonna give it to you, brother. Future minister of the gospel. All right, read verse 20. 17 of Luke. Yes, we're going to go. You Listen, we're going to work together. You're going to be my partner tonight. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Okay, so when you read the Bible, read it with enthusiasm. Come on, everyone say, the Bible is alive. When you read it, read it with excitement like you read in the news or the, the Mavericks or somebody that's coming, something that excites you. Come on. Read it again. Yes. 
Then he asked the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God will come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in a way that can be observed. Okay, so this is the Pharisees talking to Jesus, and he says, when the kingdom of God will come, they're asking him, when is the kingdom going to come? And he says, the kingdom does not come with what? With observation. Come on, stay with me. The kingdom does not come with observation, visible signs, meaning you can't see it physically. Right? So if you can't see the kingdom physically, where do you think the kingdom is? Come on, put your thinking caps on tonight. If you can't see the kingdom, where do you think the kingdom is? The kingdom is within you. Verse 21, read. The kingdom is within you. Come on, everyone say, the kingdom is within me. How do you know when the kingdom of God has come? Is it when people are lined up outside the church waiting to come in? That's how we know the kingdom of God is coming. When everybody's in church and miracles are happening and healings and deliverance, the kingdom of God is coming. Is that how we, we define the coming of the kingdom? How do you know the kingdom of God is coming? It's when you have the same people saying the same things of what's happening within their hearts. When you hear this one over there and you hear that one over there and they're all saying the same things of the testimony of what's happening on the inside of them. This is how you know the kingdom of God has come. Because there is a kindred of testimony of what's happening within the hearts of the people. This is the kingdom. Everyone say, this is the kingdom. Come on, verse 22. And he said to the disciples, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Keep going. And they will say to you, look there or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the light... For as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. So, verse 22 talks about there's going to be a longing. Everyone say longing. A longing and a looking forward to an expectation of when Jesus is going to return. Come on, have you ever had a longing in your heart for something? Maybe when you were young, you, would, you would, couldn't wait to see somebody special that's very meaningful to your heart. Come on. Oh, I can't wait to see such and such. Come on. Some of you that like to go to concerts or some of you have your favorite basketball player or something that you love or enjoy. You've had a longing in your heart. Come on now. Or oh, for some of you foodies, you couldn't wait to eat a certain meal when you got home. Come on. Oh, expectation. Mama's cooking tonight. Come on now. Or somebody told you they were going to buy you a car or buy you a new pair of Jordans or buy you a new pair of something. And what happened? Expectation was inside of you. So he's saying when Christ returns, there's going to be an expectation and a longing in our hearts for the coming of Jesus. You guys know Jesus is coming back, right? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're not doing this for nothing. Just, 
Let's just have church until Jesus comes back. No, there's a connection. We are to prepare ourselves and what? Prepare people. How many know Jesus can come back tomorrow? Jesus can come when you're sleeping tonight. Are you ready if Jesus was to come tonight? If Jesus came to your house, would your house be in order to where he would be pleased with everything inside of your house? When I say house, I mean your life. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Beloved, can I tell you, now is the time to get things in order that you may share with others. How many know that you can't tell someone else to do something that you are not doing yourself? Get ready. Oh, you know, next week, I'll get ready next week. You know, oh, Lord, if, if I can just stop doing this next week, I'm going to come down to the altar and I'm going to lay it down next week. No, do it now, because next week is not promised to you. Do it in the moment that God presents to you. Get serious now. Can I tell you, it is not Pastor Lalo, Pastor Eduardo's job to seek God for you. It is not the elder's responsibility for you to, to understand the will of God and your purpose for your life. Can I tell you, we are just guiders and helpers to support you. It is your responsibility to seek the Lord for yourself to get knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and do whatever we're, we're, we're speaking from the word of God for you to do. But sometimes this is what people do. They put pressure on us. They put pressure on the worship team. No, bring your own praise. Come on, everyone say, bring your own praise. Bring your own worship. Come in ready to, to give something to God. Don't come empty-handed. What did you bring to Jesus tonight? You know, Jesus, I can't praise you tonight, you know. Maria made me mad today, Lord. She knows she was just acting stupid and she was just saying all kinds. She just got on my nerves. I cannot worship tonight because this girl is driving me crazy. You know, Joy messed me up, Mario. I don't want to talk to Mario tonight. You have to leave that at the door. Come on, everyone say, you got to leave it at the door. You have to come in and say, Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I'm expecting in my heart. Lord, I've brought you an offering. Lord, I've brought you something. Will you receive what I give you? Come on, everyone say, I will bring him an offering. Christ is a king. You never come before a king empty-handed. You bring him something. Pastor Lalo testified tonight. It wasn't until he humbled himself and he brought him his pain, his questions. God will honor that. It's the honesty and sincerity of your heart. Can we say amen? amen. So there's that longing, that looking forward to what has promised. Can I tell you, Christ's return is a promise to you? Beloved, can I tell you, we don't belong here. This is not our home. Everyone say, Earth is not our home. Where's your home? 
It's in heaven. Who's in heaven right now? God, the Father, is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. The Bible says that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you, interceding for you, interceding for you, interceding for you. When the devil comes to talk to Jesus, saying things about you, Jesus is interceding on your behalf, declaring his love for you, saying, she's my beloved, he's my beloved, she is awesome, she's great, I've given her a future, she's amazing. He's constantly saying these things over your life. That's why you should never believe nothing that's not in the word of God. Do not believe words that did not come from God. Because you have to believe what God says about you. Can we say amen? amen. All right, let's get back to this. Verse 23, what does it say? And they will say to you, look there or look here. Do not go, or, do not go out or follow them. Okay, in waiting for Christ's return, listen to this. Some people will try to pinpoint when Jesus is going to come back. Jesus is coming back in 2026. Jesus is coming back in 2029. But here, the Bible says, he just read, some will say, look here, look there, do not go after them, or do what? What does it say? Do not follow them. What does that mean? Do not listen or follow someone that is trying to pinpoint when Christ is coming back. I don't care if they're prophet, bishop, whoever they are. No one knows when Christ is returning. No one knows when the sky is going to be cracked. That's why you have to be ready. You have to lay down everything that may be hindering you from giving everything to Jesus. From giving your heart and everything to Christ. Because it's the only thing that's worth anything here. We can't take money with us. We can't take cars with us. We can't take our gold with us. We can't take anything with us when Christ calls us to be with him. The only thing that we can take with him is the lives that we touched. The people we encouraged. The people that we helped. The ones that we prayed for and encouraged that gave their life to Jesus, this is what we can take with us. Everything else, it will burn up. And the only thing will be left is what did you do for Christ? What did you do for Jesus? Were you living for yourself or were you living for Christ? Were you pursuing something of this world to be seen, to be liked, to be in the in crowd, to be popular, or were you trying to please Christ Jesus? Because we can fool each other. We can make each other think something of us, but God sees in secret. God sees what's inside of your heart. So, here he's saying there will be people that will try to pinpoint when Jesus is going to return. 
But beloved, can I tell you the presence of God and his power is going to be seen by everyone? Read the next scripture. Verse 24. So he's saying just like lightning flash in the sky, that's how it's going to be when Jesus comes back. It's going to be seen by everyone. Do you guys see that? Verse 25. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Keep going. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. Okay, so just as it was in the days of Noah, anybody know Noah, the story of Noah and the ark? What happened to Noah? Come on, talk to me. What happened to Noah? Come on, man. See, that's a, that's a future preacher right there. He know his stuff. Come on, give him a hand. That's right, brother. So, do you know Noah's message? How long did Noah preach his message? Does anybody know how long he preached his message? How many years did Noah preach the message in telling people to get ready for the flood? Does anybody know? Three years, okay. Anybody else? How many years did Noah tell the people to get ready for there is a flood coming? Does anybody know back there? No? We got to do a Bible trivia quiz up in here. What's going on here? 120 years. Everyone say that. 120 years. Can you imagine preaching the same message? For 120 years. Get ready. There's a flood coming. Get ready. Turn away from this world. There's a flood coming. Get prepared. There's a flood coming. Get ready. 120 years seeking the same thing. John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Preaching the same message. Telling people to get ready. And now you're here. And what are you doing? You should be getting people ready because something is coming that if they're not prepared, it will cause them to be destroyed. Ah. Have you ever been in a situation where you were not prepared? Come on, some of you guys in school, you had to take a test and you was not prepared for that test. You made a capital F on that test. Have you ever had to play a soccer game? Have you ever had to play a basketball game? Have you ever had to do something and you were not prepared? How did that make you feel? Sad, like a loser. Angry, come on. For you guys, have you, have you ever tried to talk to that girl and you was not prepared? And you failed. She deleted your number Because you were not prepared Come on now For you singers Have you ever sung a song And you forgot the words of the song Because you weren't prepared Have you ever somebody came to pick you up And you were not ready You were not prepared And they left you 
Come on, I come from a family. If you're not ready, we will leave you behind back in the house. <laughs> Have you ever ate at a table and the server is waiting for you to give your order, but you don't know what to say because what? You are not prepared. Beloved, this is what it's saying here, guys. We're reading the Bible. It's saying here, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to be when the Son of Man returns. What does that mean? People were eating, drinking, having fun, doing their thing, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the flood came suddenly at the least expected moment. And here he's saying it's going to be the same way when Christ returns. People are going to be doing their thing, eating their food, living their luxury life. And all of a sudden, when Christ crashed that sky, it's going to be a suddenly moment. Can I tell you the things that are really important to us? If it's not in Christ, it has no value. If it's not for Jesus, then it has no value. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? If it's not for Jesus, then what is the purpose of you doing them? What is the significance of you doing what you're doing? Come on, stop and think about that. What are you involved in right now? What are you pursuing right now? Is it in Christ? Because if it's not in Christ, it has no value. Only what you do for Christ will last. Everyone say that. Only what you do for Christ will last. Next verse. And I'm almost done. How much time I have? Five minutes. Okay. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and soul for rain from heaven and destroyed them all. Do you guys remember Lot? Now it's making another comparison. So the first example was Noah. Now he's talking about Lot. What happened to Lot? Come on now. See, this boy is a preacher. Come on, you need to have him preach next week. He's exactly right. I only got five minutes. He's exactly right. Sodom and Gomorrah was a wicked city. The Bible said it was homosexuality times 5,000. Okay? I'm just going to say that. And he prayed. He said, Lord, will you spare the city? Please, if it's four righteous people, five righteous people. He, he, the numbers started going up. He couldn't find this number of righteous people in the city and he destroyed it with fire and brimstone. And what happened? He told Lot's wife and his whole family, not only Lot's wife, but he told the whole family, you go and don't do what? He told them, do not look back. Ooh. Why do you think God told them not to look back? Come on, talk to me. Come on, talk to me. Why? They need to leave the old behind. Come on, some of you guys, this side is not saying nothing to me tonight. What's going on? Talk to me. Why do you think God told them to look forward and do not look back? Talk to me. There was life in front of them. 
Mm-hmm. Come on, two more. The Lord's Prayer. Come on, one more. They trusted in God. Listen to this. God does not need anything from your past to build your future. Especially if it's not good. When she was looking back, she was holding on to something from her past. How many of us, we're holding on to things from our past? How many times have God told some of you to move forward, but you're doing this here? He's saying, come on, move forward. Take my hand, move forward. But you still have one leg back or you still have a piece back here in, in, in the church world. We call it straddling the fence. You're, you're here. Oh, praise the Lord. And then over here, you're doing something different. You're trying to live in two different places. And when Jesus returns, watch this. The reason this is important is because there are going to be people that are going to be living life just as normal, doing things, and they have no idea that there is a future. Come on now. There is a future that Jesus is going to come. There's a future that he's going to set up his kingdom. There's a future that this is not our home. We are practicing for the real dress rehearsal. Come on, pianist, come up, please. Look at the person next to you and say, will you be ready? Come on, say, will you be ready? Come on, can you say, will you be ready? I want to say this last thing and I'll finish this later. You guys are the generation that's going to help prepare the way for what Christ is getting ready to do. The Bible says that warning does not come. Warning comes before destruction. Can I tell you that God will give you warning signs or different things to let you know what's going on? God will not just spring upon you. This revelation is so powerful because as we're waiting for the second coming of Christ, listen to this. Some may be pulled into what we call complacency. Everyone say complacency. What does that mean? Meaning you've gotten comfortable. You've gotten relaxed. I remember when I used to be on fire for God. I remember when I used to, you know, have passion and this and that. But now you've gotten comfortable. It's, it's worship is common to you now. Like you come to church, you don't expect anything. You come to the house of God. You, you, you have no desire for anything different or more. You just do the routine. And just like there are many people that the scriptures describe, they're living their life like that right now. Every day they wake up complacent, no expectation, no desire, no anything and like there's no future, living like there's no tomorrow. But beloved, can I tell you, you cannot afford to have this type of mindset. It does matter what you do in this life. It does matter how you live this life right now because you will stand before Jesus. 
And you will give an account of everything that you've done on this earth. And you will have to tell them even the things that you've told nobody. So I want everyone to bow their heads right now. And I want you to ask the Father if there's anything in your heart that is causing you to fall madly in love with Jesus that he would take it away tonight that you would embrace being a forerunner for Christ now to get a chance to finish what I'll finish later understanding that you are called to prepare the way for Jesus as a generation John the Baptist he affected his generation by being obedient to what God called him to do what did God call you to do in your generation? What did God call you to do for your time that you are living here on the earth? Not just to come and to sit and listen and have no desire and passion. No, there's something greater and bigger than you. But you have to go to the Father yourself and you have to get some courage and say, Lord, I'm not satisfied with where I am. I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing. I must know what is it that you have for me to do. And God, let me touch my generation for the kingdom of God. Use me to prepare the way. Is it music? Is it sports? Is it business? What is it that you want me to do, Father? My natural abilities, the things that you've gifted me in. Lord, I want to use them for you, Lord, not for myself. Is it fashion? So, Father, right now, as every head is bowed, come on, put your hand on your heart tonight. I pray for courage, courage right now, Lord, for them to step into the reality of what you're calling them to do now. Lord, I come against any fear tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that you are marking a generation for the glory of God. Father, not to be echoes of the past, but, Lord, to be voices of the future voices and proclaiming the love of Jesus and father right now I ask that you begin to go deep in hearts tonight that you begin oh God to remove those things inside of them as they let them go as they release them into your hands father to know Lord that this is not their home to live for the future and not for the present father we declare right now in Jesus name that you will move by your spirit right now in Jesus name in the name of Jesus right now father we thank you and we give you glory we give you praise for marking hearts mark hearts for all eternity father 10 20 years let their hearts still be burning for Christ Use them in the name of Jesus. Come on, last thing I want to pray is if you desire to be used of God in your generation, if you desire to do something for, for Jesus, I want you just to stand on your feet right now. If you don't mean it, don't stand up. But I mean if you desire to do something for Christ and to be used of him, And I want you to lift your hands tonight. Come on, lift your hands all the way up. Lift your hands high. Come on, extend your hands all the way up. Come on, as high as you can get them.